Hey there, welcome to the Afik and Ati podcast. This week is part two of my interview with Afik. No, I'm not interviewing myself. I'm interviewing a close friend of mine who has had 14 years of experience playing floorball professionally uh, back in school, back in secondary school, IT, and even all the way up to poly. Um, he debuted in Singapore Food, uh, sorry, Singapore Floorball Association when he was 16. So when we were, you know, busy with N-Levels, he already started featuring in uh, Floorball Association. Um, this part, we'll be talking more about, um, you know, the, ch- the challenges that he faced um, and how he deals with them. And also, we're going to be sharing more about match preparation and uh, what does he do before, during, and possibly, you know, the recovery after. And now, without further ado, let the show begin all right welcome back to part two of my interview with afik so, uh, in the first part, we were talking about, um, you know, the introduction to floorball and a bit of story about yourself and uh, and also, you know, the memorable events that happened uh, during your, you know, uh, time in uh, Bukit Merah. Mm-hmm. Um, surely, uh, you know, as as a as a as a sportsman mm-hmm. in a team sport there definitely must be some kind of challenge like it's not all you know all just rosy and you know filled with all the good stuff like winning the matches and earning the trophies and all that there must have been a few challenges that you had to go through and things that you faced maybe maybe if you can share with us like what were the things that happened in your you know your time right uh, I'm actually uh, I'm actually very happy to share with you about the challenges I face because uh, most people they don't really see the struggle that we go through. Yeah. Okay. So some of the challenges that I face are those uh, the stresses that you faces uh, maybe like before your game, during your game, and also after your game. Uh-huh. There are different type of stress. So for before your game, right? Usually, you know how it, uh, like let's say you're preparing for a big match and then you feel very very nervous. Yeah. So I think it's that that's pretty normal for a lot of us. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So usually, you know, uh, how I usually deal with it is always to uh, you know, before before my big game, I always listen to good music. Like Justin mm. Bieber. Justin Bieber. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> okay. No, of course not. So, <laughs> Okay, those uh notable ones, the, the one that I really enjoy is like uh the chain smokers, Kigo, oh love. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah those yeah, those yeah. songs that helps to you know make me feel relaxed and calm. Right. Mm. Because that is especially what you need, right? Yes, correct. Okay, I see, and I see. And also uh I have this uh very good motivational video that I encourage my teammates to listen to. Uh, have you heard about the Al Pacino speech, Inch by Inch? No, uh, I've never heard of it. Oh my God. It's like one of the most motivational speech I've ever heard in my whole entire life. 
Really? Where yes. is it based on? Is it based on a movie? Yes, it's based on a movie. What is movie it? is that? Uh, is it Scarface? I know, I know he acted in a few movies. Uh. Is it Scarface or Godfather or something like that? I, I, I can't recall, but it's something to do with uh, American football. Oh, okay, American mm. football. Yeah. So this uh, speech, uh, this scene from a movie was actually introduced by one of my friends. Uh-huh. And I was like so motivated by the speech. Lah. So mm-hmm. if you don't feel motivated by the speech, then I think something is definitely wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> is it um, any given Sunday? Yes, yes, yes. Al, oh. Al Pacino speech. Like, Al Pacino. Like for those who are doing team sports currently, I advise you to listen to it because it's very, very motivational. What is it uh, about it? Like why? I mean, it can come from anyone else, mm. but why Al Pacino and what is in the message? Uh, okay, because this is a team sports, right? so the message is basically about uh, sacrificing for your teammates. I see. And inch by inch. That means you have to fight for every inch. Like you can't just like think about a mile ahead of you. You have Correct. to fight for every inch to succeed. I see, I see. Mm. And um, you were sharing about, you know, sacrifices. What are the, you know, sacrifices? Or rather, we are still talking about stress, right? Mm. Um, sorry, I jumped. Uh, no, no, so we were talking about stress. <laughs> yeah. Um, That was before the match. Yes. This is what you did to, mm-hmm. to prep yourself mm-hmm. during the match. Okay. Um, yeah. So usually uh, for matches like let's say a big match, maybe a final, semi-final or tough opponents, mm. you will face a lot of stress playing the game. Okay. So like I mentioned just now, we have this uh, rotation system, right? Correct. So every time when you play, you feel the stress. Then when you come out, the next 5% will replace, right? Like, right. So when you come out, that's the time when you hydrate yourself and you reset your mind. I see. Yeah. So Get you have your mind off the court. Yes. I see. So like, let's say you did something like, like a mistake mm-hmm. during your time of play. Correct. So when you come out, you just forget about it and just focus on what are you going to do on your next shift. Wow. Yeah. That's powerful. Um, when you say tough opponents, right, mm-hmm. do you also, um, I, I, I've seen some people, um, you know, what they do is they watch um, their opponents play with other teams. Do you do that? Yes. Uh, that is one of my match preparation, actually. Oh, okay. We'll talk about, uh, about that a bit more. Lah. Okay. All right. So, um, so, before and during uh, uh, this is how you deal with stress mm-hmm. are there any stresses after the game yes definitely there is like for example let's say you lost a match correct you feel stressful about it mm-hmm. or let's say you won a match but you feel like you're not performing at your fullest potential oh okay yeah you can feel like that huh? yeah so for oh. me for me like sometimes I feel shitty after a match like let's say even though we won the match but then yeah, I feel exactly. like I feel like I didn't give my best like I think I can do more. Ah. So I feel shitty about it right? Yeah, yeah. So people tend to like dwell about it after the game. I see. So for myself what I usually do is I will allow myself to dwell on it for at least 12 hours maximum. Mm. So that means Oh, this is a bit long. <laughs> yeah, because like I feel like the more I try to not think about it, uh-huh. the more stressful I'll be. So I let yeah. myself to dwell about it for at least 12 hours. Okay. So like 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 a promise to myself mm. by the next day I wouldn't think about it anymore. Oh that's brilliant. Mm. That's really good. Because like you you get what I mean like mm. you try to yeah, because you hold it in and then you're like, you try to suppress the feeling. You're like, okay, it's okay. Like, we won, we won, we won. But but you know that it's eating you inside. Yes. And then like, because you have this suppressed feeling um, about that previous match, what will tend to happen is in the next match, when, when a pattern starts to show up, mm-hmm. you will tend to 
you know, do the same mistakes yes, or even definitely. more or even worse. Yes. Ah, I see. I get it. I get it. Right. So uh, a bit earlier, we were touching on uh, sacrifices about the, the speech when you mentioned about the speech from Al Pacino mm-hmm. in that movie. Uh, what are the sacrifices that you had to make? Um, uh, maybe you can share a bit more about that. Is it is it more towards like um, compromising your your time or or something like that? Uh, yes. So mm. okay, when it comes to sacrifices, uh, it's not something directly about floorball, but it's actually relatable. Mm. So let's say uh, like you have to sacrifice a lot of your time. Then for myself, the most thing that I sacrifice is diet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> so there are. So some, you love to eat, uh? Like okay. I have to admit lah, like when I watch TV, mm. I like to munch on junk food. Oh man. Potato chip. Yeah. Like, like when I watch TV, I, I must munch on something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're guilty of that. I am also. So. Yeah. So <laughs> like during competition uh, period, there's mm. the time when I have to sacrifice my junk food or, you know, like fast food. Right. Like especially, you know, how busy our life is and how accessible fast food is. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, after the match, do you use that as uh, as a reward? Do you celebrate or you know even after the match you try to maintain your um you know your 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 physique? Uh, usually for the training period, right? Because let's say we are preparing for a tournament or the league, All right. we usually have a minimum of three months preparation. Okay, how long is a league? The league, uh, I think should be around three to four months. So three to four months. Then prior to that, three months you still need to prep yourself lah. yes that's the minimum lah for you because it's a team sport right? so you need to get along with your teammates beforehand yeah 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 yeah, yeah so uh, three months prior then I have to like watch my diet everything like that but mm. when it comes to the league uh, duration right, the league mm. time right, mm. I, I kind of use uh, fast food as a reward system lah. I have good. to admit that <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about team sports here um, and um, you mentioned in the previous podcast that there is a lot of um, close contact, uh, mm. close proximity with the opponents. Um, are there any moments where you suffered a major or any minor injuries? Uh, there was once that uh, I couldn't forget this memory. Is uh, It happens during the Wellington Open, uh, Wellington Floorball Open final. Right, this is uh, in New Zealand. Yes. Okay. So what happened was, uh, okay, you just imagine this, okay? Okay. It was a 2v1 situation. 2v1, right. And then my friend was uh, carrying the ball uh, while I was waiting for him to pass to me. Okay. So I was facing the goal. So I was expecting him to pass to me. So I have an open net to score. Correct. And he was supposed to pass the ball in front of me, but instead he passed the ball behind me. Oh, it's a bit short. Yeah. So... I have to change my body position, right? Right. And then while doing that, I I lost uh balance. Oh man. <laughs> and then this is the funniest part, okay? Okay. <laughs> because it's the it's, sport is it's funny even before you mention it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is the funniest part before the scariest part. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I mentioned that the sport is really fast, right? Correct. So when everything is fast around you, you tend to see things in slow-mo. Oh okay. okay. So I saw the ball. <laughs> moving past me in a slow-mo motion. Yeah. And then I was like, looking at the defender that was with us uh-huh. because I, I need to like measure or I need to predict whether w- w- uh, there was enough time for me to recover the ball or not. Correct. So when I turned my face mm. towards the defender that was with us, yeah. I saw him running towards me. I was on the ground, you know? <laughs> I saw him running towards me. All right. And the next thing I know, I, his knee hit my face. 
and because oh, of the impact was so powerful right yeah i feel like my body was twist, twisted in a very awkward position oh no and then my head knocked on the ground how long how long did that feel oh my god it was like i i, I can't describe describe <laughs> it it was like so painful you know? and then i remember like blacking out for a while. oh yeah then they had to stop the game are you serious yeah they had to stop the game because It's a head injury, which is quite serious, lah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So after a while, then I regain back my consciousness. Then right, I feel much better. So I continue. So you you play in uh, New Zealand. Uh, mm. This uh, Wellington. Uh, what's it called? Wellington Floorball Open. Oh, uh, uh, Wellington Floorball Open. Who was your opponent? It Who? was something from Australia, actually. Oh my god, dude! Yeah, you know how tall they are, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh my. Yeah. So after that, I continue uh, playing it. Yeah. Then after that, we eventually won the match lah. We won the floorball open. Oh, right. And then immediately after when we won, right, I yeah. called my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, you know, not not to tell her that we won. Yeah. But actually, I needed someone to talk to because of the incident that happened to me early on. Okay. It was, uh for me, it was like very traumatizing because, well, and, you know, like... It has never happened to you before. Yes. And mm. if things like this happen in Singapore, it's still okay. But it's like overseas. So Correct. if anything were to happen in overseas, then yeah. I don't know how to, you know. I get that feeling because like back in the day when, I mean, I don't play sports, mm. but you know, when you are out for like a business trip or something like that, when I was overseas, like most of the time, even though you had your colleagues with you, but you felt alone. Mm-hmm. You felt like you are on your own. Yes. Uh, there's no one around you. And when something traumatizing or something bad happens, like for example, when I was organizing an event and then it doesn't work out the way that it was supposed to work out. And then you beat yourself out over it, mm-hmm. even though like you were not the main cause, you're mm-hmm. not the main person who caused it, but rather you were the receiving end. Yeah. So I get it that you need a very strong support system mm-hmm. um, when when it comes to, you know, healing yourself and recovering and, you know, just laying out what happened and what you can do to improve and stuff like that. So, wow. Thanks for sharing. Like, um, moving on, let's talk about, you know, that is an injury that you um, got from an opponent. Yes. So we, we, we want to talk about, you know, conflicts. Mm. conflicts with your teammates conflicts with you know it's common for you to have you know a bit of conflict with your opponent yes. but what about your teammates and your coaches are there any conflicts there uh, actually there is lah. like but not a lot of people know mm. except for those people who are inside the team oh yeah so for conflict with your teammates it's actually pretty normal because let's say uh, because there's five people you're working with four other people right, in right. one line right? mm. so different people got their different idea of how to play different kind of uh, playing style mm-hmm. so you need to adapt to each other so sometimes there's a conflict in it mm-hmm. and then for the coaches wise uh, there was this one time where I had a very big argument with a coach of mine which I'm not gonna say the name <laughs> okay I get it <laughs> okay so what happened right, is uh, because we were playing uh, against another school and the game was really super intense. Right. So it was like very hard for me to control my emotion. So when was this? IT? I'm not going to say. Okay. <laughs> Keep it confidential. Sure. Okay. So what happened was uh, this this coach of mine mm-hmm. was like screaming, uh, like scolding me and stuff like that. And, then, and then I was like, I had enough of the bullshit, you know. Yeah, I like raised my voice at the person. I mean, at the coach. Yeah. Like I said, you need to trust me. You need to trust me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because for me, personally, as a player or as a coach, like, mm. like doing your game, you are supposed to give like tips and advices. Mm. You're supposed to guide your players, not scold them. 
Right. Like for me, if I want to be scolded, I yeah. prefer to be scolded after the game. I see. Yeah, because if I get scolded during the game, I get demoralized and it's not going to make gonna things. It's going to affect the performance of the exactly. game, lah. Yeah. Right, right. So, so this oh. coach of yours, ah, uh, has he been working with you long? Uh, actually, quite quite a while. Quite yeah, a while. Quite a while. But um, it, it's just that at that moment he felt that 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 kind of um advice or that kind of pressure would help to motivate the team, but it, it turned out otherwise, lah. Like, yes. Wow. So, uh, like, it was quite a tough year for us because, uh, like, at the end of the tournament, mm. we were actually preparing for another tournament. So, I was thinking, like, you know, <clears throat> I had this, like, bad experience with this person, so I don't feel like playing anymore. Mm. So, actually, uh, my teammate actually came over and then, like, asked me, you know, like, where have you been? Right. Like, you know, I know, I, I know like, there's a conflict between you and your coach, but... Try to put it aside. Mm. Yeah, try to act more professionally. I see. Yeah. So from there, I like, okay, fine. I'm just gonna just pretend like it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> so I, man, yeah. that must have been tough because like um, it was it, really awkward too. <laughs> yeah, because it's a team sport. It's not yes. something that you you do solo. Like you know, going to a match or going to like a performance and all that. You do your thing and then you're out of the place. Mm-hmm. This time around, you're working with other people, and you yeah. also mentioned a bit about conflict with teammates, mm-hmm. um, and a different kind of style. Um, during preparation, do you actually get the opportunity for you to you know? play uh, do you always play with uh, what i meant to ask is like do you always play with your line or you know during practice matches do you get to play with other uh, teammates as well okay usually uh, we started with different players All right. so that you know we see the playing style which one is compatible with who mm. that kind mm. so once we really know like who is compatible with who then the remaining time of the training we will just stick to the our own line I so see. we will just stick to the online and play with other play lines throughout all the way uh, through the league uh, basically yes. unless unless there's a like a last minute injury mm. something like that so there will be a lot of changes need to be made I see I see yeah. even then also you had to adapt to the new line yes okay are there any moments I know this is a bit controversial are there any moments in your in your in your time playing because um what I see is it's always the first two lines mm-hmm. that are the strongest <laughs> <laughs> okay and then the third line and fourth line is just like okay lah we'll just leave the bal- balance lah we'll just mm-hmm. put them there just just for us to recover are there any moments where you felt like that uh, okay. or, or in each line do you balance out like okay we don't just uh, you know chuck every every of the best players up in the front but we try to balance them out in uh, all the other lines are there any moments that you felt Usually, it's uh, very common where they put the first two lines as the strongest. Oh, it is. It's actually pretty common. Okay. But you know how some uh, opponents, they're actually smart enough to put their stronger, strongest line in the last two lines, like line three and line four, so that they will play against our weakest line. Oh, yeah. Okay. But for myself, what I prefer is uh, to make sure that every line is well balanced mm-hmm. so that, you know, we can work better in that way. Correct. Yeah. Correct. It must have been um, a long journey la, for you, right? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes like, like when you mentioned that uh, uh, you were, you know, going to tournaments and matches, sometimes it can be a long and lonely process because even though all that 
you know fun stuff all the rara all the cheer from mm-hmm. the participant uh, from the um the spectators and all that then at the end of the day you win a medal you win a uh you know a trophy and all that can it get very daunting in a sense where can it get very lonely at the end of it Mm, there are some time where I feel that way, mm-hmm. especially during the you know the three months of preparation before the tournament. Okay. So during that period, usually I'll be very very busy. Mm. So busy because you are focused on yeah. trying to get yourself in the training. Upgrading. Yeah, correct. I see. So uh, usually like sometimes I have friends like invited me for like maybe dinner mm. or you know watch the movie and sometimes, mm. but I can't make it mm-hmm. because. Mainly because of three reasons. So the first reason will be like, uh, tomorrow I have match, so I need to sleep in early tonight. Correct. Or tonight I have training, so I can't join you guys tonight. Mm-hmm. And the third reason is, uh, I, I just had my training or my match, so I'm a little bit too tired to go up. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I frequently like always refuse to go out with them. Mm. And then as, at this one point of time, uh, I think they get sick and tired of asking me out because I always refuse them. Oh no. Yeah. So they usually go out without asking, you know. Like I had this one group close uh one close group fan. Uh. Okay. <laughs> so basically, uh they really like sick and tired of you know me refusing them, so they stopped asking me. Then there right. was this one point of time when I got the chance to join them. Uh-huh. And then one of them was like, Hey, remember you not know, that time we watched this movie? After I was like, hey, since when huh? we watch movie? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then he was like, oh yeah, yeah, that time, that time you went there. Then uh. I, I knew lah, like they didn't invite me, stuff like that. Oh man. Yeah. At first it was, to be honest, at first it was like quite sad and disappointing. Were they at, um were they sportsmen as well? Uh they were, but they were doing different sports. I see. Mm. So yeah, they went there most of the time. Yeah. So uh at first it was sad and disappointing, lah, but as time goes by. Uh, I get used to it. Mm-hmm. And that is when I learn to build a better relationship with my teammates. I see. Because my teammates are the one that I'll be spending a lot of time with. Correct. Yeah, so most of the time <clears throat> I won't be with my friend, but I will be with my teammates. So sometimes like after training, we go for dinner. Right. It doesn't have to be like a floorball related event. Maybe we can like, you know, go out, hang out, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I spend a lot of time with my teammates doing the preparation of the tournament or the league. Right. Did it feel... I mean, being left out is uh is not a a, a nice feeling, uh. mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So, did it feel like you know? Are there moments in your life where you go like, you know what? I'm starting to lose friends. I'm starting to you know not get along with my family. I don't know whether it's true or not, but uh, for an example, I'm not getting along with my family. I'm not getting along with my you know ex. Uh, sorry, not getting along with my girlfriend <laughs> or, or whoever it is. <laughs> Um, were there any moments when you lost it? Like in a sense where you felt like you losing know what? Hope it, like, huh? like losing hope. You're losing hope, you're losing interest, you really are no longer any passionate about floorball because like you you're losing your friends and you really want to quit. Are there any moments that, that happen? Mm, yeah, there's a couple of times actually. Mm. I think it's uh pretty normal because uh of the sports that I've been doing for quite a long time. Right. So there was uh, one particular incident about a few years back. Okay. So, you know, I like, I just, uh, how do I say this? Like, I just broke up with my ex-girlfriend at that point of time. I see. So I don't feel like doing anything. I don't feel like going to work. I don't feel like going for training. Mm. All I want to do is just stay at home. 
Yeah. Yeah. So this is before COVID, lah. Yeah. Okay. Few years back. Right. Okay. So, so you're staying home before the stay home notice, lah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I'm like actually mentally prepared <laughs> during the CP period. <laughs> so always gonna happen, lah. Okay, lah. I'm gonna stay at home. <laughs> so, uh, ah yeah. yeah. So uh, at that point of time, I was like losing it, lah. I like, I was like, I think that one year I didn't do any floorball. No way. Yeah, it was so long. Like, wow, it was damn long. Okay. Then after that, one random night. I yeah. suddenly had this like sudden thought. Uh-huh. I know that I'm gonna quit. Uh, I'm gonna quit this sport in some point in my life. Right. But I wasn't like expecting like it was gonna be immediately. I see. <laughs> yeah. So I actually consulted a friend about it. Like, what should I do with you know this kind of feeling? Mm-hmm. Like, how should I deal with it? Mm-hmm. And then she just mentioned about something about her quitting her passion, which wasn't sports. Like, it was something else. Right. And then from the way she talked to me, I feel that she was feeling a little bit regretful. Yeah, and I was like, "Wow, oh, shit! I think I did something wrong there." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what she advised me to do was, uh, not to immediately immediately get back into the sport, like yeah. st- start with small baby steps first. Right. So what I actually did was, uh, to join this uh floorball recreational group. Okay. So I don't focus on competitive floorball. I just think about having fun with floorball. Right. Yeah. So basically, uh, this is a recreational group. We we play like once a week. Yeah. And the best thing about it is meeting new people. Mm-hmm. So it's all uh, different people from different background. Yeah. So what stuff. what's the age group like? Are they like more students or more of those like who already graduated? When I first came for the session, I was actually pretty surprised because they were all mostly older than me. They oh. were like in the mid thirties or. Right. Yeah, mid-30s or late-20s. Oh, so this is just like your, you know, if I can give an example, it's like your football, uh, sorry, it's your, what's this, a futsal session. Yes. Something like Recreational. that. Recreational. Recreational. Okay, okay, I get it, mm. I get it. And then they form teams and groups and stuff like that. Oh, mm. okay, that's cool. So I spent some time playing with them and then mm. from there, I started to build small goals. I see. So like, let's say, for example, like, okay, I already achieved playing floorball again. Correct. And then now my next goal is to try to attempt competitive floorball. Then after that, the first thing I need to do is to find a club. Mm. Uh, so I try to achieve those small little goals. And from there, it actually motivates me to be do. into it. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, that's great for you to... Um, I mean, it, the process must have taken a while. Yes. And uh, it, it was probably not a, a you know, a, a pleasant one. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. Thank you for sharing that um that that moment because there are times when when uh you know you're doing something for so long you get fatigued yes and then you just lost all sight and then you just don't know what you're focusing on anymore because you know most of your friends probably have moved on from their you know from from you know playing with you and then you don't get the same kind of vibe yes. or something like that so yeah it must have been different um right so. Let's talk about um, match preparation. Okay. Yeah, we were sharing a bit more about, um, you know, on a monthly basis, like you prep, uh, pre- preparing for a, a, a league would take you about three months mm-hmm. uh, uh, around that time just to get accustomed to, you know, some of the players and all uh, stuff like that. What about you personally? What do you do? Okay, for my pe- uh, match preparation, usually I will break down into weekly basis. Weekly basis, okay. <clears throat> so the, for the first one, will be uh, my own personal training. Mm-hmm. So personal training consists of uh, two segments, which is uh, your fitness-wise mm-hmm. and also your uh, street work. 
Okay. Yeah. For me, why personal training is very important is because like for local club in Singapore, like, mm. you know how our life is very busy and how hectic it could be. Okay. Yeah. So sometimes we have trainings like once or twice a week. And for oh. me, I find it like personally not enough if you want to compete at the highest level. Correct. Like if you compare to countries like Finland, Sweden, the top countries in floorball, yeah. they usually train five to seven times a week. No way. Yes. That's like elite level, like yes. athlete level. Crazy. <laughs> you can't do that in Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. <clears throat> so for like for fitness wise, what I usually do is to do jogging. Mm. Usually minimum I'll do like twice a week, one on the weekday and one on the weekend. Right. Yeah. For the weekday, it will be like 2 to 3 km. And for the weekends, usually about 5 km because right. I have like longer time to recover. I see. So that 5 km is more of a recovery run. Yeah. But that 2 to 3 is more focused on uh, because you are in the court, you're running uh, sort of kind of like that amount of distance uh, in the court anyway. So short, mm. sh it's fine if you run short. Like yeah. it, it matches what you're supposed to do in court yes. anyway. Yeah. And then for the stick work, stick it's work yeah. usually it's about more about your ball control. Mm -hmm. So you need to familiarize with your stick and how you control the ball. Mm. Usually that will, uh, I would try to limit myself like half an hour to one hour maximum. Right. Yeah. So this one doesn't like have to be twice a week or three times a week. Like anytime when I'm free, I can just go down under the void and mm. do it. Um. You know, in badminton, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I was a line judge and uh, an umpire for for a few badminton matches. What I see is some of the, um, badminton players, especially those elite ones. Uh, what Warner they do? Susilo, is it? <laughs> yeah, he's he's alright, but then there are a few Lindan and stuff like that. Okay, like. but <laughs> um, I see that in their bag, right? Mm -hmm. They will have like at least two to three. Uh, badminton rackets what about you do you have like um, a, a crazy amount of you know floorball sticks or do you have like a league only floorball stick or you know uh, practice match only floorball stick are there any distinction uh, I only have two <laughs> like <laughs> some of my friends have like five four yeah but, but you know when you play a match like, like how often your stick will break in one single match <laughs> Like it's it very, doesn't. Uh, it's very sturdy. It's, it's quite rare, uh, actually. Unless right. like you don't know how to take care of your stick. Uh. So for me, the uh. reason why I have two sticks is because mainly the first one is, of course, my main floor uh -huh. stick. Uh -huh. And the second one is what I call my backup stick. Right. Yeah. Does it make a difference? Mm. Like if it's quoted, if I, I don't know what, like the, the kind of material that they use for the stick and also the shape of the blade, does it make a difference? Uh, yes, it does. Okay. Like for some stick is lightweight, some is heavy, mm -hmm. and then some, you know, the blade, there's a hook to it. So it's easier for you to do your ball control. Ball control, yeah. Yeah. So for me, what I choose is usually based on what my playing style is. Mm. Yeah. So both are, both of my stick are actually very suitable and compatible because of the choices that I make. Lah. Right. Because yeah. you play forward. Yes. So it's more it's more lighter or is it more bottom heavy or what, what is your stick I like? I think I'll call mine somewhere like in the middle. Not mm. too heavy, not too light. Yeah. Right, right, right. I see. For me, like, because some people, they require this kind of thing because it actually helps them better. Ah. But for me, I, I feel like I just need a basic stick lah. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't cool. need the special kind of stick. Yeah. For me. For me, the basic one is really good enough for me. Good enough. Yeah. Uh. yeah. All right. So, what are the things that you do for match preparation? Okay. So after the personal training, sometimes what I do is I watch videos. Okay. On YouTube. 
Oh, okay. Not not about your opponents, uh, your uh, upcoming opponents. Actually, my opponents. So sometimes they post it on YouTube also. Oh, I see. Yeah. So basically, it's very dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So basically, there's uh three types of video. Mm-hmm. One is uh the first one it will be about your opponent. Right. So from there, you can actually learn their style of play. Mm-hmm. You can learn about their strategy. Okay. So that when you play against them, you know how to break their defense. I see. Mm. I see. And the second one will be video about uh your team or yourself. All right. So you know sometimes when I watch a video of myself playing right, mm-hmm. I I am so shocked, you know, <laughs> because of the numbers of mistakes that I committed without even realizing it when I'm playing. Wow. Yeah, so it actually helps me a lot. Okay. So that for my next game I I will make sure not to commit the same mistake. Cool. Yeah. Right, right, right. And then for the third video that I watch is usually uh I watch those floorball matches from European countries like Finland or Sweden mm-hmm. because they are really good at it. Oh yeah. Yeah, so from there I try to make a habit of uh taking notes like at least three stuff that I learned from the video. Uh-huh. So that during my training I can actually practice them. I see, I see. Are there any moments where when you're watching a game, uh, an opponent's game, and um, do you normally zoom in to a particular player? Does that happen? Because you know that, I mean, not out of like, you know, like special interest or something like that. Maybe they're really good, <laughs> but... I, I hate to admit this, admit this, but yeah, there is. Oh, yeah. does it help you? Like when you're in court? Oh, of course. Because sometimes, like, for example, usually this happens when... These are the type of player that you really need to be wary of. Yeah. So what you need to learn is uh you need to know their strength and weaknesses so you can use it against them when you face them. Right. Now it's an open secret. Lah. Everyone knows this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're not the only person who does this. There, there are probably some other team spot that does this as well. Um, do you do a lot of pep talk to yourself before a match or do you let other people do that for you? Like your coaches, like for example, you talk about it in the first uh, podcast. Okay. Uh, usually the pep talk uh, by the team captain. Mm-hmm. You know, like how they put their arms around each other. Yeah, just really. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes <clears throat> if there's uh, enough time for me to say something, I will try to say something. Mm. Usually the things that I say, are there's two main things, lah, which is giving your all in the, in the match, like mm-hmm. giving your 100% in your match. Reason being is because if you give anything lesser than that, you are definitely going to leave the court feeling regretful. All right. Then what about the second part? Uh, the second part is uh, to make sure that you are having fun. Mm-hmm. So uh, basically because you know how life can be uh, unpredictable, can be short. Yeah. And also if you're not having fun in that sport, then I don't see what, what's the point of you doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, so that's the most uh, two important things that usually I prepare during the pep talk. Lah. Um, especially before a match, lah. Yes, right. Does this happen every match or any particular one, like towards the end? Uh, usually. What I, I mean towards the end, towards the end of the league, like you're talking semi. Usually, as long if there's enough time for me to talk, then I will talk, lah. And right, how it actually help, right, is because uh. You know, sometimes you can see the face on your teammates, how nervous they are. Oh, yeah. So when you're giving this kind of talk to your teammates, you can see the face like change like, from mm. negative to positive. Right. And in a way, it also gives you confidence because you're seeing that your teammate is confident. Yeah. You're also confident at the same time. Yeah. So there's this like synergy, energy. Uh, like, yes. you know, when everyone's mood is up. Ev- uh, like it, like it, the team more. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's cool. Well, Afik, thank you for being here on the second part. 
we will continue with one more podcast, the third part. Uh, sorry, the third part <laughs> of my interview with Afik. Uh, and uh, we'll see you in the next part. Bye-bye.